1: Hello and welcome to Coffee House Shots, the Spectator's Daily Politics Podcast. I'm Cindy Yu and I'm joined by James Hill and Katie Bruce. So, today the government may be facing a rebellion on its immigration bill. Katie, talk us through what's like, what's going on.
2: So, we're at the stage of when it comes to the illegal immigration bill where um, amendments are being added, and I think it's fair to say a lot of amendments are being put forward. Um, obviously, we get to see which ones are called by the Speaker. But I think it is highlighting that while the Small Boats Bill, which is ultimately trying to make it so that if you arrive here legally, you cannot claim asylum, has, I think, had a unifying effect generally and certainly initially on the Tory party. You know, you look at the second reading, sail through, we're now at the point where we are seeing the splits within the Tory party on the issue. So Rishi Sunak is being pulled in various directions by different parts of his party. I think, In terms of just basic math, the one that is the most problematic comes from the moderate wing of the party. So this is Tim Loudon, uh, backed by MPs, um, calling for there to be a safe and legal route for people to come here now present what ministers are proposing is oh we might let some asylum seekers come here one day but we'll get back to you on the details and and we'll only do so when we grip the current problem Mm -hmm. whereas this is trying to make it so actually no look at your duties working with the UN to to come up with a route for that and I think because it seems as a Labour would back such a measure as long as as well as other opposition um, parties that is one where we expect the government to Uh, you know, come up with something and make an agreement before you get to the amendment stage. Then I think on the other side, and also there's questions about modern slavery, Theresa May, obviously um, the former Prime Minister um, sees it as her legacy. And and I think the slightly almost crass banners they put out, um, you know, seen after things say, you know, if you, um, which is, you know, like, modern slavery you cannot claim if you come here I think has irked some of the people who think yes you need to close down loopholes but you know there must be a way to, to also protect that so that's another one to look out for and then on the other side of Rishi Sunak you have those MPs on the right of the party who instead of wanting to soften it in place, that want to make the, the whole thing harder and this isn't about leaving the ECHR exactly but Danny Kruger who's been leading this though he would say not a rebellion as he did in the today room, has been leading this effort has been calling for um, an ability to reduce the court's ability to block deportation so it's making it so you would ignore or override more parts of the ECHR therefore making it more controversial in the process and I think evidence of the fact that the government doesn't want to have an embarrassing Tory rebellion also look as though it's not listening to these MPs they've now said that I think there's been talks behind the scenes that have led to these uh, amendments being dropped on the assurance that the government is going to be looking into them further and um, this was never going to pass in the sense that Labour and others were not going to vote for it but I think it just shows you there's you know a few reasons why Richie Ritchie will want it uh, avoid that um, playing out in the Commons Chamber.
0: One notorious MP I was talking to over the weekend was elected in 2010, and they were making the point that their sort of careers come full circle, which is that we're now sort of back to those coalition days when uh, David Carrance negotiate with the, the Liberal Democrats and the Conservative right to try and get something through them both. And I think that's a challenge really that's going to be dominating today's news stories and maybe tomorrow as well, which is dif- making both of these wings of the party happy. But the horse is not just an inter parliamentary struggle, there's also, of course, the European element to, to consider as well which is that, you know, this morning the Council of Europe's Human Rights Commissioner has criticised in a very strongly worded letter um, the UK's asylum ban, so saying it's incompatible with the UK's international obligations and that it's now essential that MPs vote it down uh, as well as raising specific concerns about the bill's impact on the detention of children. Mm. And obviously this is interesting because there's going to be an amendment put forward by Tim Loughton which would um, which exempt children from this. Um, so that will be all worth considering when it comes to it. But I think it can't be underestimated how much effort behind the scenes Uh, number 10 and the government machine are sort of putting into uh, negotiating with these MPs and trying to make sure that these rows in the party play out behind closed doors rather than on the floor of the House of Commons.
1: Although Casey just briefly I mean on the Suela Braverman report that she's this puppet of the right and so on you know is that the government briefing against its own Home Secretary? I mean I I read that report with a lot of interest.
2: Well it's someone in government (laughs) but then the question is is it sanctioned? Mm. Um, So you know without getting too much into sourcing I mean I think this is a dynasty that's pretty um, trying to move away from the drama. Yeah, so I can't definitely. imagine that as a situation where. It's a policy to do it's that. A, exactly. But I think it does reflect something which we've spoken about previously on the podcast, I've written about in the magazine, which is just a tension between the two sides because you have Sue Adam Brevman, who is someone who. I think if, if, you know, if she were prime minister and perhaps one day she'll be back going for the Tory leadership, if things don't work out for Rishi Sunak come 2024, <laughs> um, then some of this could come up again. Um, you know, she would, I I think, have gone further with this bill. So so I think it it definitely highlights real tensions behind the scenes over the past few months. Um, but, I, I, you know, the fact that you see so much effort, as James was just saying, about trying to, you know... T- Calm people, talk people down. I I really doubt that this is what the Prime Minister hoped would be uh, leading
0: the times. And Katie, you'd write to think, I think, the number 10 machine is a really good point, which is that under Boris we had the sort of Court of Chaos, as we have done mm-hmm. the cover, we had the multiple competing sort of, you know, courtiers trying to wing the king's ear. I think this, this is a very different sort of number 10. Yeah. And, uh,
1: uh, now, James, what number 10 does want to talk about today, and not Tory rebellions, is this ASBO, uh, anti-social behaviour uh, policy that they're putting through. Tell us about it.
0: Yeah, so this was the widely briefed uh, strategy which Rishi Sunak announced today while doing one of his PM Connect events in Essex, and it was just a variety of sort of measures, one of which the headline-grabby one was banning Nitrous oxide, uh, or NOS, most commonly known, which obviously you canisters around mm. everywhere. And Rishi Sunak said he, he detested the scourge of these uh, canisters out and about when he's walking around his constituency. And and so that was one part. But of course, there were sort of hotspot areas where the sort of more crimes committed, and therefore we should get more police officers into that to to try to make sure that they're clamping on that down. So there's a sort of broken windows theory, which is that if you go after the small crimes, that prevents bigger ones from being committed. But you know, listening to it, it was all. It's obviously worth putting in the context of... Keir Starmer made a similar speech a couple of weeks ago. Um, made a big speech last week on crime. And it really, I think, shows that we're going to... There's a foretaste of what's to come with the local elections campaign. We think Labour's going to be launching there this week, maybe this Thursday. And it's going to be one of those big issues that come up. And I thought the most telling thing was really listening to the audience and their kind of sense of dissatisfaction, even resignation, when they were saying, well you know the police aren't going after things that are already illegal why are you going to make more things illegal like NOS and that is the kind of challenge for the conservatives how does Rishi Sunak reinvent the party and say that they're going to tackle public services and crime specifically when they've had uh, 13 years in government.
2: Katie have you ever had an Asbo? Cindy I haven't but actually I I brought in a special guest today who can talk about their own brush for crime Fraser Nelson.
0: I wouldn't necessarily call it crime because I wasn't convicted, but I um, was correctly apprehended for uh, moving a traffic cone from one part of Nairn to another, my hometown. When I was younger, the procurator fiscal in Scotland gets to decide whether to prosecute or not, and after considering my case, decided not to go ahead with, with pressing charges. What
1: were you doing with the traffic cone?
0: Um, I'd had a few drinks, I can't quite remember. How old were you? A teenager. It was not my proudest moments, but, um, you know, my lesson was learned.
1: Katie, James, and Fraser, thanks very much. And thank you very much for listening. Do join us again later today after we found out about the SNP's election result.